0: Hey, all my finance friends out there, welcome back to another edition of Fin Weekly, where I provide weekly updates on what's happening in the world of finance and the economy. My name is Steve Coffrin, and today is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. And if you live in the United States, happy Thanksgiving Eve. Today's going to be a great day. So let's go ahead and jump right in. So starting off, it's better late than never, at least when it comes to avoiding a government shutdown. That's right. President Biden has given the green light to a temporary spending bill and avoided a government shutdown, for now at least. This strategic move provides the administration and Congress with a two-month window to negotiate agreements on the 12 annual spending bills. This short-term spending bill maintains funding for some sectors until the first week of February next year, in alignment with the last set of full-year spending bills, totaling approximately $1.7 trillion. That's a ton of money which was approved back in December. The 12 bills in question constitute the discretionary side of the federal budget, which contribute to about one-third of total government spending. The remaining two-thirds encompass mandatory programs such as Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid operating independently of the annual appropriations process. The passage of this bill averts an immediate shutdown, providing a crucial window for negotiations on fiscal matters. Now, if you're like me and you're keeping tabs on all the economic and fiscal news out there, you're probably curious about how these negotiations might play out and what it means for different areas like government programs and the overall economy. The truth is people have all sorts of opinions and the potential effects of things like government spending, national security and everyday needs could spark a mix of feelings among folks with different viewpoints on the issue. And you could bet, We'll be here to unpack all that when the time comes. But for the time being, I want you to keep this in mind. When the government threatens to shut down, unless the budget increases, unless spending increases, all that means is that our nation is going into more debt. Now just remember that our budget deficit doubled for the fiscal year ending in September, 2023. So spending is going out of control. You may be wondering who's gonna cover these budget shortfalls. The answer is us, because there's two ways to cover our budget deficit, either by raising taxes and bringing in more revenue to the government or by printing more money. And the more money that's out there in circulation, the more inflation follows. OK, so sure, we could celebrate the government not shutting down. But if we can't figure out this fiscal problem, we're going to continue to see high inflation and higher interest rates, which impacts the overall economy in so many different ways. Okay, so let's move on. Next up, there's big things happening in the stock market this week. I'm talking about the NASDAQ 100 hitting its two-year peak following a robust November surge. Closing at 16,027 on Monday, the index rose by 1.2% with tech stocks, especially chip makers like Advanced Micro Devices and Intel Corp playing a major role in the upswing. In case you missed it, this November saw an impressive 11% gain, positioning the index just 3% away from its November 2021 record, the year-to-date increase of almost 47%, marks the most significant rise since the post-pandemic boom we saw in 2020. It's no secret that it's been a challenging period for technology shares, especially with concerns about slowing economic growth impacting profits. But with the Fed hopefully wrapping up their rate hikes and averting a recession, major technology and internet stocks are enjoying renewed interest. Now, the implications of this surge are substantial. For starters, any investors holding tech stocks are likely witnessing positive returns and seeing their wealth grow. And looking at the bigger picture, the NASDAQ 100's rise reflects broader economic trends. The strong performance of the tech sector signals confidence in innovation, economic stability, and future growth. This positive sentiment is expected to improve investor confidence and potentially drive increased investment in technology and related industries. Next, let's talk about the latest hype about the blockchain. The idea of tokenizing stocks, bonds, and funds is turning heads, marking a potential game changer in finance. This new approach aims to turn financial securities into digital coins that could be traded on the blockchain, making wealth building more accessible to everyone. And this isn't a way off, this is actually happening now. Asia is already getting in on the action with Singapore's central bank spearheading five pilot projects along big shots like Ant Group, Franklin Templeton and JP Morgan Chase. Meanwhile, Hong Kong Securities and Futures Commission is also testing the waters for introducing tokenized digital assets. For context, Citigroup sees a massive opportunity, estimating tokenized securities hitting $4 trillion to $5 trillion by 2030, promising speedy transactions and lower cost. While this news is definitely exciting, a dose of caution is key. Going digital could shake up the 700-year-old system of recording asset ownership, and while this would likely lead to more transparency, it could also introduce uncertainties in enforcing property rights on a public blockchain. In addition, legal certainty in transactions and protection against fraud also become a bit trickier, with over 200,000 scam tokens surfacing between September 2020 and November last year. Regulators are emphasizing the need for thorough checks on issuers and vendors alike as we move more cautiously into this new financial era. Moving on to things in Europe. In a recent update from the European Central Bank, the ECB, Francois Villera, a member of the governing council, hinted at a stable 4% interest rate for the next few quarters. While he acknowledged a solid but slightly accelerated disinflationary trend in the euro area, Villera cautioned against prematurely expecting a shift from rate hikes to cuts. As for the ECB's bond-buying portfolio, Villera suggested a possible earlier wind-down of reinvestments from the 1.7 trillion euro, 1.8 trillion dollars, PEPP bond portfolio originally set to end in 2024. For now, despite market expectations favoring a 70% chance of a first-quarter point cut in April and over 90 basis points through 2024, Villara did not provide a specific timeline for rate cuts. Instead, he stressed the importance of intelligent patience and emphasized that any potential cuts depends on meeting their 2% inflation target, which he is confident they will reach by 2025. Shifting gears, let's talk about the global uptick in interest rates and its ripple effect on the housing landscape. We're witnessing the end of an era where real estate was a guaranteed way to generate wealth thanks to a surge in interest rates worldwide. In a nutshell, central banks who have been grappling with higher borrowing costs have created a scarcity of homes. The major downside is that this keeps prices high and worsens housing affordability challenges. From the United States to New Zealand, homeowners are feeling the financial squeeze and beginning to doubt whether homeownership is still a path to middle-class security. But this isn't happening in a vacuum. Moody's Analytics chief economist Mark Zandi doesn't mince words, declaring that the golden age of single-family housing is behind us. He foresees a more challenging decade for the sector. Unfortunately, this isn't just a local headache. The current trajectory suggests that if this trend continues, global economies will suffer as individuals are forced to allocate more income towards housing rather than on goods and services. So while long-term property owners may enjoy the benefits of accumulated equity, others face an uncertain future. If that's you, I know it's a scary time, but keep in mind that it won't always be this way. Now's the time to build up that emergency savings if and however you're able to do so. And make sure you stay in the know about market trends. It's your best way to learn about how you can boost your financial resilience. Okay, finally, last but not least, With Black Friday and the holiday shopping season approaching, experts are expecting a significant economic shift. It might surprise you, but wealthier Americans are cutting back spending this year, posing challenges for an economy reliant on consumer purchases. Remember, in the United States, 70% of our economy is based on consumer spending. Bloomberg data reveals that even several upper-middle-class retail sales, including major names like Apple and Nordstrom, are expected to take a hit. This spending dip, despite inflation and record interest rates, signals a potential economic turning point. Already notable, retailers like Best Buy and Lowe's have adjusted forecasts, citing reduced spending on significant purchases. For added context, Kohl's is reporting that they are in a sustained sales slump, their most substantial decline in two years. This shift amongst affluent spenders holds broader economic implications and may influence consumer confidence with lower sales and fewer people visiting retail stores. It's hard not to point out that these are signs of a potential economic slowdown. If these continue, these changes could shape the trajectory of the U S economy and will no doubt impact overall spending patterns. Look folks, when I go to stores in the United States, I live in the Denver area. When I go to stores or when I go to the mall, I am shocked by how empty they are. And I often wonder how are they able to cover their costs, their inventory holding costs, the cost of rent, pay these employees to staff these buildings when there are just a few customers in the entire department store. These are massive stores. So it's kind of crazy, it's kind of wild. So we'll see what happens as sales numbers are reported for this Black Friday week. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and I hope you are able to celebrate this time by recognizing what you're grateful for if you are in a dark place in life. And I've been there before, trust me, multiple times, okay? So if you're in a dark place, what helps me is turning my focus on what I'm grateful for. I keep a gratitude journal, so every day I write down five things that I'm grateful for, every single day. And these are five unique things. And this helps me to harness the perspective that I need to in order to recognize my blessings and to be grateful for what I have in life. So regardless of your circumstances, trust me, they can always be worse. Now, I'm not trying to downplay the hardship that you may be going through. All I'm saying is that tomorrow, on Thanksgiving in the United States, it could be a great time to reflect and count your blessings and recognize what you're grateful for, because we have a lot to be grateful for, in fact. So I hope you have a wonderful time celebrating with family, with friends, or with yourself or with your cat or dog, whoever you celebrate it with. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. God bless you. And thanks for tuning in to another episode of Finn Weekly. Cheers.